Am I supposed to be a man? Am I supposed to say, it's okay, I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind. Well, I mind. I mind big time. <laughs> but you know what the worst part of all is? I never learned to read. <laughs> this transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. This is uh, Kendall, uh, Kendall cast guy. I host all the podcasts and do all the editing and stuff for KendallCast.ninja. Uh, I was going to do like a real regular podcast about the Oscars, um, but uh, nobody else saw all the movies besides me. So uh, I guess it's just me. Uh, I also could have like organized this better. I don't, I don't mean to blame other people anyway. Uh, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, I don't usually do podcasts just by myself, but I feel like I have enough rambling ranty opinions about the, especially the best picture nominees, but all the Oscar things. Uh, so I'm just going to like kind of dive, dive on in. Uh, it's interesting because normally the clip from the Star Wars holiday special that says that this the following is unrehearsed and unedited is a little bit disingenuous because I do edit the podcasts. But it's possible that I'll truncate silence, but I probably won't unless the silence is really bad, uh, especially if the podcast goes kind of long and I don't have time to listen to it before I post it because I want to post this as soon as possible. Um yeah, so Best Picture nominees. Let's start with Black Panther. Um, so I saw all the nominees at some point. Unfortunately, Black Panther I saw back in uh, last February when it came out. So I don't have a lot of specific memories about like performances and stuff. I do remember Michael B. Jordan was great. And, I, and it was really solid, but it was also kind of, for me, it was just the next Marvel movie. I, I, if you, if you, li I'm sure if you go back and listen to the poll list, uh, from when it came out, you'll find a, uh, I don't know, probably, probably borderline offensive, overly negative review of, of it just because, uh, sometimes I do that accidentally, um, but it was really, I mean, it was really good. Like I thought, uh, there were a lot of great performances in it. And, um, obviously just, just a cultural phenomenon. Weirdly though, was it the best Marvel movie of 2018? No. Into the Spider-Verse was a million times better. I thought it was better than, I thought it was better than Infinity War. And I thought and it was probably about the same level as Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think I, I really like Paul Rudd and obviously, um, you know, Black Panther wasn't, I'm a, I'm a white guy. So, um, like the, the cultural significance of, of a, of a movie with a bunch of, with a more diverse cast. Sometimes I have to, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't impact me on a, on as personal a level as, as it might, as it might for other people. And that's, and that's fine. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, but it's definitely a big deal to have a, to have a, a, such a, such a very, you know, very African-American cast in, in like this type of movie. And, and also it's a big deal to have a comic book movie nominated for best picture. Uh, the last, in the last few years, there have been a few genre films that were nominated, uh, Shape of Water uh, won Best Picture last year, and that's sort of a sci-fi, almost, almost, it's a monster movie, I guess, but, like, also it was, like, weird and experimental and artsy-fartsy in ways. And uh, prior to that, uh, and also, also last year, Get Out was nominated, which is obviously a horror movie or horror comedy or whatever. Um, and, uh, year before that, um, uh, Mad Max got nominated. So we've had some, we've had some, uh, it's not like this is the first popcorn movie to ever get nominated. Um, even if you go back a few years, you know, in not insurrection, um, inception, uh, was definitely like 
kind of a you know a popcorn sci-fi movie that that got nominated. So these types of movies get nominated from time to time, but specifically a comic book movie. This is the first time, and especially if it won, which I mean. It seems like it's one of the front runners. Uh, it's really weird to me that ABC's Twitter uh, keeps keeps on uh, saying, "Ooh, will Black Panther win? I don't know." Next, Black Klansman. This film blew me away. I I sort of I mean, basically, it came out earlier in the year, and I meant to see it, and I kept just not going for whatever reason, and then. Uh, and then, and then when I was like playing catch up, you know, watching the last few, which, oh, this is, this is a thing. Uh, if you look at, if you look at, uh, at the, the list of, of films, um, everything, the only things to be released at like the very end of the year were really vice green book, the favorite, and maybe Roma because Bohemian Rhapsody and star is born were both, uh, like early November, late October, Black Panther obviously was back in, um, in February. And, um, uh, also, uh, just, uh, you know, obviously if you're listening, uh, I'm probably not your like news source. I'm probably getting some of the dates wrong and stuff, but Black Klansman came out this summer. Um, so it was really interesting when they, when they gave this list, it was like, I had already seen three of the films. I'd seen Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, and and A Star Is Born, and I had meant to see Black Klansman. Um, actually, like most of these films, like it was it was hard. I don't think I mean like Vice. When I saw Vice, it was hard to find a a, a movie showtime. Like usually, usually these things are still first run in theaters when the in the run up to the uh, Oscars because they're announced. You know, they're, they're released, uh, December 31st at 1159 so that they can qualify. But yeah, Black Klansman, man, that, that just, that film, that film was great. Uh, it, uh, it sort of, it, it through all throughout, like the, it, it was telling a sort of civil rights era story. Um, it was interesting seeing, uh, the, it was almost both sidesism, but not really like juxtaposing. This is what the, the black Panthers were like, uh, you know, suppose like this black, supposed black militant group that has more violent rhetoric, but it's, it's mostly rhetoric and it's, and it's kind of a righteous anger. You know, they, they have, you know, they bring in this, uh, you know, somebody to tell them, stories about about the terrible you know terrible experiences that they've had being discriminated against and 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 everything and and like they they are talking up like a race war but it seems like it's more metaphorical more ideological uh and then you have on the other side you have the the KKK who kind of you know they have a uh, what's his what's his face the Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, luckily, this is a podcast. I can just look it up. IMDB Black Klansman. David Duke is who I'm thinking of. You know, they've got David Duke, who is like a, you know, a politician preaching like almost, almost like his rhetoric is much more trying to be like peaceful or whatever but they're the ones that are actually doing the violence and condoning the violence literally um very very interesting juxtaposition and and if that had been the extent of it it would have been kind of like kind of like where i ended up feeling green book was where it's like kind of a good feel good story about how people used to be racist and then we got better and uh, everything's all better now, and everybody loves each other. Blah blah blah. You know the, the kind of toothless narrative. Um, but they threw a couple of little subtle things in. What if we had a president? What if we had a president who believed in white nationalist ideas? And it's like uh, the Onion. The Onion uh, did a little feature, and they said, I, I, 
my favorite scene was the scene where Adam driver looks at the camera and says, this is about Trump, you know, you know, cause it, there were a couple of it, it not as heavy handed as, as you would see in vice, uh, or in other stuff, but there were definitely some references to today to where we're at today. And then, and then the ending sort of seeing connecting the events in Charlottesville to how things were 50 years ago uh, with the KKK. It was, it was unsettling. It's, it feels important. I I think my first reaction to this was like it. I don't think it's going to win best picture because it's kind of too good for that. But uh, yeah, but yeah, really, really an excellent film. That's, you know, that's all I can say there. I found, I found that it's a lot easier to criticize, uh, films than to say nice things about them. So, uh, I need to work on that. Uh, but we're going to get to the ones that I have plenty of not so nice things to say. Uh, they stacked the beginning of this list. seems like, seems like all the good movies were the beginning of the alphabet. Looking, actually looking at it, it's kind of that order. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody until I saw black Klansman was, was my pick for, uh, for the, for the best picture. Um, I thought my, my thing is, my thing is I don't watch the Oscar nominees thinking I'm seeing the literal best, best movies of the year. What I, what I, why I watch the, all the Oscar nominees is it's this arbitrary list of movies that other people like, people who are, you know, the Academy, smart people, whatever. And maybe that I wouldn't seek out on my own. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody is a movie that I was going to see. I was always going to see that movie. Um, I love rock and roll biopics. The just, just first of all, just a celebration of, of the music, even if it's a little bit self-aggrandizing, even if, if like, uh, the sort of the story is, uh, apocryphal, most of the stories are probably apocryphal. I really could care less about the, you know, the timeline of when queen guy, the lead singer of queen, what's his name? Crap. IMDb Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm totally drawing a blank. Freddie Mercury. Oh my gosh. I'm bad at this. Uh, I don't really care about the timeline of when Freddie Mercury got AIDS and, and stuff like it was a fine story and, and it really leaned into the music. And then also just this, these, the camaraderie, the camaraderie of this group. And they didn't, it didn't feel like they manufactured drama the way that you normally do in a, in a rock and roll biopic. Like they, obviously they had their, they had some drama and then probably some of it was manufactured or whatever him going, him going and doing solo stuff probably wasn't as, uh, people didn't take it as probably didn't take it as personally or whatever. Who, who cares? I loved, I loved the scenes of them rehearsing. Um, I loved them kind of the, the one scene where they're kind of poking fun at each other's weird lyrics and then, of course, uh, if you heard the opening clip from Wayne's World uh, for the, of this podcast, I am a fan of Mike Myers. So I re I everybody and also this is the, this is the uh, this was a movie that people told stories about when it came out because Mike Myers didn't look like Mike Myers, but he really sounded like Fat Bastard. If you were a uh, if you're a fan of of uh, Austin Powers, and so. <laughs> A, a per, people from a particular age, a hundred percent recognize that as Mike Myers. If you're not an Austin Powers person underneath all that makeup and he's much older and stuff, maybe you didn't recognize him when he says, uh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. No, nope, I, I, we really want a song that people head bang in their cars to, and people would never do that with Bohemian Rhapsody. Everybody in my theater was the right age. So we all, we all laughed at that. I've heard stories of like other people, nobody in the theater got the joke or like they were the only one that got the joke or one person in the theater laughed really hard. Uh, but fortunately I saw it in a cool theater. 
Um, and yeah, there's just this, this film, it's just, a, it's a celebration of music and it doesn't, maybe it doesn't break new ground. Um, the way that, I don't know if any of the movies really broke new ground, but I mean, except for maybe black Klansman, I mean, black Klansman feels important, but I don't know that it, but I don't, I don't know that it's not like, it's not a movie that, that people are going to point to in history as like a as a, as a classic it's it's very much steeped in right now and the rest of the movies on the in the nominations except for maybe black panther because of its uh being part of the overall marvel legacy uh nobody's going to talk about a year from now i mean but i think bohemian rhapsody uh you know it's it could there aren't they don't make these kinds of rock and roll biopics the way that they did uh 10 years ago so, you know, it might, it might stick around. And, and I mean, that music definitely will stick around. So it's kind of good to have like a solid movie for kids to watch when they're learning about, about queen, you know, there was a, when I was growing up, there were, I, I watched, uh, I don't even remember what it was called, but it was a biopic about Elvis and another biopic about, uh, I don't remember other people, various other people have had biopics, obviously, um, you know, you had the Rose, which is kind of based on Janis Joplin. And then, uh, of course, of course, uh, walk the line and, uh, I'm not there. And, um, oh, what was the way Ray Char Ray, <laughs> what was the one about Ray Ray? Um, you know, those, those ones from, from about 10, actually it was probably closer to 15 years ago that that, that whole Ray was probably 15 years ago. And then. I think it's kind of good that these films exist. Like I think every every rock band deserves a biopic about them. Now we go to the favorite, which um, my friend Laurel was going to uh, was going to see all the best picture nominees, and she was going to be on this podcast, but she's not. Um, she let's see. So um, so she didn't like the favorite. She said that, uh, she said she didn't like the sense of humor. And then we had this text exchange, which I thought was like the most kind of on brand of her and I, I said, I said, I really liked the favorite. The old people in the theater didn't like it though. Okay. So I I'll come back to that because I have a story about that. Um, she says, LOL. I didn't like all the vomiting and how much they said the C word. The end really creeped me out too. It was good, I guess, but I prefer movies with a less unsettling ending. And I said two of my favorite things are vomiting and using the C word. Uh, yeah, so I went to see The Favorite at 11.45 a.m. on a Wednesday, the day after the Oscars were not were announced. And it was a huge, it was almost a full theater I was the only one there under the age of 60. And, and first of all, every single preview, and this was, I feel like this was like a lot of the, the Oscar nominee movies that, that can't, that were particularly this year, they were all previews for like hyper violent thrillers or straight up horror movies that are coming out this spring. And like one of the, one of the, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the old people in the audience said to, uh, I forget which, uh, movie, but it's about the, the girl that, uh, she's an American citizen and gets pulled into like a Mexican drug, drug cartel and then like murders everybody with the machine gun. And it's very much like a revenge fantasy movie. And he shouts, he's like, who's the good guy? Um, but then like coming out of the film, like I just heard overheard people saying, Oh, I didn't, I don't see what all the fuss is about, which, which was really funny. Cause I don't feel like this. I mean, it got nominated for an Oscar. So obviously there was some buzz for this movie, but it wasn't like it was like crazy marketing or whatever. Like this, this is this, this is definitely like an under the radar, uh, not nominee. I mean, I went into it thinking it was a different old timey lesbian movie, uh, but 
<laughs> now that I've talked for five minutes about about my personal experience with it, like this, I, I just I thought it was great because I like these. I like the 1800s Elizabethan whatever you know British British movies from the 1800s, old timey fancy dresses and all that stuff. I like watching about one of those a year. You know, I really liked the Phantom Thread, but I probably you know, it's not something that I seek out regularly. Um, so it's, so it's, this is one of those movies that like other people said it was good. And so I went to see it because it was a Oscar nominee or whatever. So, but it is so much more like, uh, like, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, there's a lesbian, you know, saying that queen Anne was a lesbian and had the two different, uh, you know, uh, Emma stone and the other lady, very, uh, and it, it just had like a, like a sense of humor about it. Um, a lot of sort of weird scenes and I feel like, I feel like, uh, there probably was a certain like a morality that is, or a different morality 300 years ago than what we have now. So like Emma Stone's character being so evil but also being super likable and like, com- and I mean comedic as well. Uh, and, and just, just, she just, it felt like she just didn't have a conscience because she was also fighting to not have to scrub poop on the floor and, you know, sleep in the kitchen. Uh, like in, in this, in this terrible, disgusting world, uh, this did this, this movie, you know, Laurel said she didn't like the vomiting. I mean, they, they do literally like the queen eats and eats cake until she gets sick and vomits into a, a vase and then keeps eating. And it's like that. I mean that cause she was, you know, she's not, she's, she's aging and she's like almost senile, but she's also just not that bright. Like it's, you know, it's, it's commentary on, you know, on, on royalty and, and like, it's just a different, this film is just a different perspective on the, the type of thing that, uh, you know, on those, on those 1800s British movies. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I really, really don't like that. Um, that for, uh, the actress um, awards that Emma Stone and let's find uh, skimming through the uh, Emma Stone and uh, Rachel Wise were both nominated for actress in a supporting role. And then uh, Olivia Coleman was actress in a leading role because Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne was very much a secondary character to those other two who really probably should have had like double double booking as as a uh, I would consider both of them as leads if anyone was the lead though the whole film is from Emma Stone's perspective like she it, if this was if this was written it would be if it was going to be from a first person account it would be from Emma Stone there's a few scenes with with Rachel Wise um but it's but it's sort of just to kind of check up on her late in the film or to establish you know establish things early in the film like most most of it is from Emma Stone's perspective uh this one I would if if um if Black Klansman wins I would be ecstatic if Black Panther wins I would be ecstatic um if Bohemian Rhapsody wins I would be ecstatic if the favorite wins, I would also be ecstatic. I think these are actually people have given grief to, to these movies, to the movies this year, not being that good, but like a lot of them are good. Like this, these, these first four that I've talked about are really, really solid. Um, and, and they're also very different. Like I said, uh, like I've kind of, I kind of been saying a couple of times, like this isn't to me, this isn't about figuring out which movie is the best. It's about, exposing myself to movies that I maybe wouldn't have seen otherwise. <laughs> Speaking of movies, I wouldn't have seen otherwise green book is 
it is Remember the Titans or Selma or um the probably that I didn't see hidden figures, but probably hidden figures. Like it's it is a it is a movie about uh, that's for baby boomers to watch so that they can remind themselves that they're not racist anymore. I mean, Mahershala Ali is great. Viggo Mortensen is 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 pretty good. Uh, and the film, I mean, the film is competent. It's just a little toothless. Like I think if it had, so 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 like first of all, if it if it if it did anything about if it said you know, I mean, I think at the end it said then they were friends forever and lived happily ever after. I think is what it said at the end of the thing. But if it had, you know, done done something. I mean, even if they wanted to talk about like progress and racism, if there had been a a coda, to use a musical term, if there had been a coda at the end of it that kind of said, and this is the stuff that these people did to, you know, to combat racism for the rest of their life, or, or this is, you know, these are real tangible, this is real tangible evidence of the difference that these people made. Or the change that happened, or like in kind of like in Black Klansmen, and and what I think it would be a little more apt for now, if they had had an ending, like maybe basically the ending, literally, it's like it's a it is a it is the most like Hollywood, everything's tied up in a bow nicely, and uh, the Mahershala Ali's character shows up at Viggo Mortensen's family who they have established throughout the movie is racist. Uh, his family's Christmas dinner. And there's like a moment of like awkwardness. And then they totally accept him. If they hadn't accepted him there and you know, it could have said something about, you know, the world didn't change just because these two made, became friends. It would have, it would have had so much more impact, but instead it was just, you know, just a harmless, Film it had I mean Mahershala Ali's character was gay, which they only only briefly touch on. Um, and I mean, there's there's some good there's some good like kind of the one thing it does is is it the one the one kind of the one kind of like statement that it actually makes is there's every time you there are those those like typical scenes where you know, the three racist guy ju- guys jump him in a bar or whatever. But most of the time when he's dealing with racists, they're just dumb and awkward. And, and the race, and it's just very clear why the racism doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, he, he's brought in as a guest of honor. He's, you know, treated, you know, treated with so much respect. And then he wants to go to the bathroom and they want him to go to the, you know, the outhouse outside. And, just, just a bunch, a little moments like that kind of make make this movie almost rise above uh, where it could be, but it just, I don't know. I kind of came out of it feeling like I've seen this movie before. Not, you know, not not terrible, and and some good performances. Uh, I mean, Viggo Mortensen. Uh, I mean, he's definitely not Aragorn. I didn't realize that that was him until the, you know, until the end of the movie, which I mean, he's gotten older, obviously, since some of the stuff that he was known for. But um, and uh, Mahershala Ali was, was great in it. Um, I would be very happy if either of them won. Uh, Viggo Mortensen's nominated for uh, for actor in a leading role and uh, and Mahershala Ali uh, for supporting. And I think that both of their both of their performances were really good. It's just that the film itself, yeah, it just, it didn't have any teeth. So Roma, um, Roma, uh, was on it. First of all, it's on Netflix. So, uh, watch it. You may as well. Very, uh, very interesting. It's probably, uh, ironically, even though it's the one that everybody has access to, uh, it, it was, it's probably the hardest to get through. Um, it's very slow. Uh, it's about a woman in Mexico in 1970. Also, I, kind of ironically, I think it would be better to see it in in a theater if if there was ever an opportunity to. 
Um, it reminded me the most of like a, a film from like an international film festival and not just because it's in subtitles cause it is, uh, in Spanish subtitles and black and white, but it's very much a sort of slice of life. Uh, the woman early in the movie gets pregnant and, uh, she works for, a she works for a family. She's kind of a live in maid. Uh, and she's also, she's indigenous, uh, and the, the rest of them are like a Mexican, uh, like Europe, more European descent. And, uh, also it also in the movie, the husband of that family leaves, uh, it's just very, it's just a lot of scene moments in these people's lives. Uh, and the, the woman becomes pregnant. Um, so on the one hand, I don't really want to spoil the ending because it is very slow in the lead up. But on the other hand, I want to actually say what the movie's about because I, I feel like the reviews and things and the descriptions of it have done a terrible job. So people don't know what the movie's about. No, it is about this. It's about a woman in a, in a neighborhood in Mexico and, uh, she becomes pregnant. The man that the man that, um, impregnates her is like, I don't know my Mexican history. So I don't know specifically what radical faction he's a part of, but he's a part of a, like a radical faction that, uh, leads to, um, and he leaves, he also leaves her when she becomes pregnant. Uh, he says he has, they're sitting in a movie theater and he says he has to go to the bathroom and disappears. Uh, and he's, he very much it, he comes up, up to that point. He, he comes across as a very nice guy and then he just disappears and, um, kind of becomes an asshole, uh, when she confronts him later in the movie. Uh, and, uh, she ends up, she ends up losing the baby in a very, very graphic, uh, graphic scene. Um, that was, that was just very, very stressful. Um, but also like beautifully shot. They did and just so much attention to detail. Uh, she goes, when she goes to the emergency room, you can just see all the sort of chaos and, and she goes to, to try to deliver the baby and you can see another baby being delivered in the background and just very, very interesting stuff. And then there's, um, sort of the way that, and then it does. And then once she loses the baby, there's still like half an hour left of the movie. Like there's still, but it's just very there's a lot of it's it's very much about like the characters and their relationships and um the wife of the or the mother in the family that she's works for uh starts out as kind of the you know not not very nice treating the help like help and then kind of develops over the course of the movie but it's very subtle it's just a very um and, and this is not a, and this is not like a, a criticism or a, or a compliment, but it's very like artsy fartsy, like, uh, just takes its time. Slice of life doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't feel like it was made to be an Oscar nominee. It feels like it was something that, that, that person just wanted to make. So, so far, just to recap, I, and I liked Roma. I, I, I want to, you know, just sort of. I, I did like it. I don't, I, I highly doubt that it'll win. Um, a few people have suggested that it might win, uh, in like Oscar prediction, y things. I highly doubt that it could win. It might win, uh, some other, what other categories is it nominated in? Um, just quickly checking. I mean, it'll probably win foreign language film, even though I didn't watch any of the other ones. Uh, just sort of by default. Um, I don't know. It could win. The directing in that was definitely good. Um, and the cinematography was really good. So I, I would say those are probably the categories that stands a chance in, but I doubt, I, I highly doubt it'll get best picture. Um, So a star is born. I really didn't like, um, I've said this on other podcasts, so I apologize if I've repeated myself, but man, did I not like a star is born? Um, 
I and not because I don't like love stories and things. I will I will watch a tearjerker like as much as anybody. Uh, I can't think of any that off the top of my head that are like girly tearjerkery movies that I like, but I do like them. I don't know. Shakespeare in Love was a, a movie that I loved in high school. I don't know. Um, but, but I do, you know, that's definitely not it. And I love the music. I am not Lady Gaga. My Lady Gaga is a, somebody that I'm, my wife really likes. So I've kind of been exposed to her music. I, I watched that documentary she had and it was a little, she was a little too full of herself. Sometimes I think she's a little full of herself, but, uh, her music is fine. And she's definitely, she's definitely a, a talent and a genius and all that stuff. Uh, she was pretty good in this movie. Um, except for the movie was bad. Uh, it doesn't surprise me that this was, um, uh, this, this was Bradley Cooper's first, uh, directed movie. And also that he was very much like this was a passion process project for him, a, a passion project, or a, I would call it a, va- I would go so far as to call it a vanity project, something that every scene lasted way too long. And you know that, and everyone was afraid to tell him to cut it short. Uh, I mean, if you just, and then if you just, and then like the, his, the, their, their, their like love story arc. I mean, the idea of him being on the way down and her being on the way up is a, obviously it's a, you know, it's a remake. I haven't seen any of the previous versions, but it's like, you know, he starts out and he's Nickelback right at the beginning. Like he is, he is playing music that is, supposed to be nothing special and they pull off making the music be super unremarkable and terrible at the beginning. And then he meets her and they ignore, ignite a spark or whatever, but he is super creepy with her at the beginning. And I don't feel like other than, I guess they have like, like a, that, the, the one night where he sees her at the show or whatever, where he's kind of charming and they have uh, or something, but like generally I don't, I don't feel like he's, I don't feel like their relationship has a, has a foundation, but then, you know, she starts touring with him. And when she's touring with him, the song or two that they do together is really good. They're really good. But then she gets, she gets, uh, you know, her solo career or whatever. And she goes on Saturday night live and she sings the, the kind of hip hop poppy song, which I think is supposed, which I felt like it was supposed to be bad or it was bad, but it wasn't clear at that point in the film, whether this is the, this is actually the music she wants to play or whether she's selling out. Like they don't make it clear. And then Bradley Cooper is just stumbling around drunk the whole time. And I just want his care. Every time he fell down, I hoped his character died. And then when he finally committed suicide, I was like, Oh, good, good. This is great. Um, but you know, and then, uh, (sighs) and I'm not the only one who felt like that. Uh, Laurel, Laurel felt like that. My wife felt like that. Uh, or I mean, not necessarily all those things, but it just didn't like the film. Um, and it's just, I just don't see. Yeah. I don't, I don't see where the love story works. Like one of the scenes that I think people feel like works like super well, uh, when, uh, when, when they're, when Gaga's in the bathtub and he calls her ugly, it's like, I can, I can totally understand. I can totally understand like having that be a thing that she is sensitive about, which they kind of say early in the film, but also it is really hard to buy her as in any way unattractive. Uh, and, and they don't, I don't know. It just doesn't, he's just always mean to her. Like he's never, he's never nice to her. And, uh, and I mean, even like stuff like his relationship with his brother, uh, played by the, the guy from the big Lebowski, um, who I do like, uh, Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Sam Elliott. I do like Sam Elliott. Uh, in, you know, I like him in the ranch and I liked him in the big Lebowski and I liked him in, uh, doing the voice for the local Ford truck commercials. 
But, but I mean, he was barely in the movie. And then when he's like, you stole my voice, it was like, what? <laughs> I mean, people say that people say that Bradley Cooper was doing a Sam Elliott impression. I did not get that at all. I just got, I just felt like he was stumbling around drunk. Like, uh, it, it, it does. That just didn't, that scene just didn't make any sense at all to me. I, the film was bad anyway. Uh, not yeah. Why did the why did the good movies have to be at the beginning of the alphabet? This was poor planning. I should have done it in a different order. Oh well. So Vice, um, also bad. Uh, Vice, man. So anyone that says that they didn't just see Christian Bale the whole time, I don't. I don't understand that. I was I was taken out of it so much by that being Christian Bale, and it was like, and not just because it was Christian Bale. But because, like, the prosthetics were so obvious. Like, he looked like he had a pound of makeup on the whole time. I I don't I don't know. Like, I felt like I was watching a Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, and, like, and it was like, I mean, Steve Carell as, as Donald Rumsfeld. I mean, these are people who, they look, you know, we all know, everyone knows what these people look like. So you should cast someone that looks like those people. Or something like, I mean, Steve, Car I love Steve Carell. I mean, Little Miss Sunshine is my favorite movie, but, but I mean, when he was Donald Rumsfeld, he was just Michael from the office. He wasn't even, he wasn't even playing a different character. He can do subtlety. I mean, I like I, in the big short, he was great, but, oh man, I was, I, ah. And, uh, and I mean, Sam Rockwell, it just, that just felt like stunt casting. Like he, he didn't come across, like he didn't look anything like George W. Bush. It's like they intentionally cast people wrong. And, and Amy Adams, like Amy Adams is one of those people kind of like Bradley Cooper, kind of like Christian Bale who somehow end up in all these Oscar nominated movies. And I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I liked her in like arrival. That's the end of the list. I think, uh, when she plays these, when she plays these characters, I, I felt like I was watching him. I mean, and I guess it's, it's Adam McKay. So this kind of makes sense. I felt like I was watching a funnier die video. That was a parody of an Oscar nominee when she says, I'm proud of you, Dick Cheney. Like she said, she, she calls him Dick Cheney. I don't know if that's a thing that, Lynn Cheney did, but it feels like, it feels like a, ah, it just, it felt like self parody. Like, and then, and then also the, the weird fourth wall breaking narration, storytelling, jumping around and things that worked pretty well in big short because they were taking a very complicated situation and trying to explain it uh, a little bit more dumbed down or whatever. They, they didn't work in this, in this film. It, it, it felt very all over the place. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know what I expected from a movie called vice starring, starring, uh, uh, Batman, but yeah. All right. So, so that's my takes on, um, on best picture. Uh, let's look at a couple of the other categories. Um, well, I'll just talk about a couple of the other movies that kind of got nominated for a few things. Um, I didn't, I didn't see that many other things, but, uh, just kind of skimming through, I know first man got nominated for a few things. Uh, when I saw first man, I was kind I kind of felt like it was the most like Oscar Beatty movie that I'd seen all year, like the kind of thing that honestly our, our best picture nominees were much more diverse and different from your typical, uh, period pieces based on a true story. Although there were how many of them based on a true story this year, I guess four of them were based on true stories. <laughs> Sorry. My voice is getting a little, a little hoarse from all this rambling. Um, but first man, I remember seeing it kind of being struck struck by the lack of diversity in the cast since, you know, since Oscars movies have been uh, criticized for that in the past. I think actually they did a pretty good job this year of having movies with fairly diverse casts. Um, 
but it was but it was an interesting film. I think it would be worth you know worth watching. I wouldn't have been angry if it got nominated. It just it just kind of felt like I, I'm I'm a little bit surprised it didn't get nominated. Ryan Gosling was pretty good in it, and they did a really good job of uh, sort of showing the like the claustrophobia of being in one of those early um, rockets. Uh, obviously, is a first man is about being going to the moon. I watched the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which I think got a screenplay nomination and also uh, best original song, which I will play a little a little cover of uh, to close us out. Uh, when a cowboy trades the Spurs for wings, and it was, um, I mean, that's another one that it's on Netflix, so you may as well watch it. It's just sort of a, a series of sh- of short stories. It's uh, it's Coen Brothers, so like, it it did remind me a little bit of a a modern take on Oh Brother Where Art Where Art Thou. Pretty solid, pretty solid film. Um, for the animated feature, I can't believe that Into the Spider Verse was not nominated for Best Picture, but it was. It was great. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it would have, if it had been nominated for best picture, it would have been my pick for best picture, like far and above. Yeah. I mean that, that film is just, is just, it's perfect. I don't even, I can't even say that much about it. Looking through the, uh, the actors and the uh, actresses that were nominated, I kind of, it's interesting. Cause like, I felt like most of the performances, especially the ones that people were nominated for, were kind of underwhelming this year. Like, I mean, Adam Driver in Black Klansman was fine. I, you know, I didn't like Sam Rockwell in, in Vice. I thought Mahershala Ali, I think just like looking at, like if I had to pick an actor in supporting role, I think Mahershala Ali is is was is the best pick for that. I think actor in a leading role, I think Rami Malek would be kind of the obvious choice um since that kind of becomes a lifetime achievement award that actor in a leading role uh oscar i would not be surprised if christian bale got it although i don't remember if he's gotten an oscar in the past but it would yeah it wouldn't surprise me if, if he got it but yeah like vigo morton i mean vigo mortensen sunk into that role but yeah i guess he would be fine he would be fine i think i said earlier that, he, that i'd be fine with him winning uh, as long as Bradley Cooper doesn't win. Uh, but I but I kind of do think that A Star is Born is going to be like uh, other stuff that Bradley Cooper has done where it gets nominated for a bunch of stuff and doesn't really win anything. Um, I didn't see any of the documentaries or the shorts. Oh, I, I, almost, uh, I almost forgot. I did put out a call for other people to give me their opinions or thoughts about the Oscars and I uh, didn't get any response probably because... Uh, I was all kind of last minute, except for uh, the uh, Laser Time Facebook group. Uh, Andrea Lynn uh, responded and said that said I have my favorites, but I know they won't win. I'd like to see Black Panther take Best Picture, but it'll probably be Roma. I don't think it's going to be Roma. Um, uh, I would like to see Yalitza Aparicio take Best Actress because why the hell not? I think that's uh, the lead from Roma. Um, which uh, she did good, and I thought it was cool because uh, that's the first time she's ever acted. Um, I think Regina King deserves an Oscar. I've loved her since 227 Days. Uh, I'm disappointed that Kendrick Lamar isn't performing, which I didn't pay attention to who's performing. Um, Who's Regina King? Maybe I'll do a control F. Oh, from If Beale Street Could Talk, which I did not see. So, uh hopefully it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I mean, I'm the biggest, my biggest disappointment with, uh, with the nominees of course, is that eighth grade, uh, didn't get nominated at least for a, at least for a screenplay, but it'd be nice. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice for original screenplay. It'd be nice to see Roma or the favorite win and for, uh, adapted screenplay, uh, I probably black Klansman. I feel like the screenplay awards, they say that the screenplay awards are the real best pictures sometimes. Um, and so I feel like black Klansman feels like just like, I mean, just like get out one, uh, best, best, uh, original screenplay. Uh, I think black Klansman could, could be, uh, best adapted screenplay, even if it's too good for best picture. Um, and I think that's all I have to say about that uh to 
did Forrest Gump win Best Picture? Probably. Thanks, uh, if thanks for listening. Um, if you guys, oh my god, I've been talking for an hour. Um, that's why my voice is getting hoarse. Uh, if you guys, if if for some reason you stumbled on this, uh, without having listened to my other stuff, uh. Also on the Kendall cast feed, we've got the pull list podcast, which is a monthly comic book podcast. Uh, that's what we called music, which is a song by song review of the, now that's what we call now. That's what I call music catalog and beyond Bulbasaur, which is, uh, a, uh, ran, we talk about a random Pokemon on every episode. Uh, and then also I do random one-off things like this. Uh, usually I have people with me, but since this was so thrown together at the last minute, uh, this is what you got. So I'll, uh, we'll take it out with, uh, with me playing the song. Uh, thanks. Thanks again for listening. Let me tell you, buddy. There's a faster gun coming over yonder when tomorrow comes. Let me tell you, buddy, and it won't be long till you find yourself singing your last cowboy song. Yippee-ki-yi-yi when the round up ends. Yippee-ki-yi-yi in the camp. He shouts and he sings When a cowboy trades his spurs for wings